0: If you don't know me, uh, my name is Jake, and I'm the uh, pastor over young adults and youth here at Res Life, and it's the greatest job in the world. That's what I tell people. I was talking to my team last week, and I said, we literally have the best job in the world. We get to to serve, and we get to uh, be crazy with young people. We get to, to walk with them through trials, but also walk with them through hope, and, and I'm just so uh, so excited uh, to be in the position where I'm at, and and there's so many amazing things happening, but tonight, I wanna, um, I have the honor of just uh, uh, speaking to you about a word that the Lord placed in my heart about, about a year ago, actually, and so he gave me this, he he. He's so spoke to me in this, in this passage in Colossians, and he started to unpack it with me and just in my own personal life, and, and I really believe it's a word that's timely for each and every one of us tonight, including myself, and so as you're listening, um, my prayer is that, is that the Holy Spirit makes this come alive in your own heart. Because although I can come up here and talk, it's the Holy Spirit, it's God himself who, who stirs up things in our hearts and causes us to, to persevere. So can I just pray for us before we get going? Uh, Father, we thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, I just ask for your help, I ask for your leading, and I thank you for every heart, every person, every family in this room. I pray that your favor surrounds them as a shield as they, as, as they listen, as they go from tonight, God. And I pray that your, your heart and your love and your truth would, would, would draw them in to living a lifestyle every day of, of loving and serving you with their whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I get going, I have to give a shout-out to um, the Wolverines. I'm sorry to all, I want, never mind. Go, Wolverines. And the Lions won today, so like this is like a great weekend, unless you're a Sparty or a Packers fan. I don't know if the Packers won, but we beat we beat y'all a while back. Anyway, uh, so it's it's a good weekend. I'm I'm a huge huge Michigan fan, Um, for no reason other than I just like them. Anyway, so it's a good weekend, but. uh, but as we, as we get going into this, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about a few different things. But, but the first thing I want to talk to us about is our, is our passage, which is in Colossians. And then we're going to, we're going to kind of go a couple different directions. And, uh, and so Colossians 3, 2 verse 3, it says, Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden that 's the word we 're going to focus on tonight. Your life is hidden with Christ in God so that 's our passage we 're going to focus on, but i 'm going to talk to you quick about about uh, uh, something from my childhood, which is our beanie babies. Who remembers beanie babies? Beanie babies so I have some beanie babies uh, uh, so let me ask you this you can this is, can be interactive like so you can shout it out how How much are our beanie babies throw up that first picture like how much does this beanie baby cost anyone 500 50%. 55 yeah so if you search up this this it's i think it's Patty the Platypus that's this uh this this beanie baby's name if you search this beanie baby it's like 550 on amazon but uh but did you know that the first ever Patty the Platypus is a collect collectors item and it sells on eBay for five thousand dollars. No joke. <laughs> so, fill up the next one. This is Valentino the bear. Valentino the bear. If you look him up on eBay or Amazon, he goes for seven, seven or eight dollars. Um, the first one, the collector's item, Valentino. Goes for $19,000. Isn't that crazy? Should have kept those beanie babies. <laughs> and the last one. This is Princess Diana the Bear, the Beanie Baby. Princess the Bear. If you look up her online, she goes for roughly $17 on Amazon. But the first ever, can anyone guess how much this one costs? How much? 100,000, thousand? Fifty? 40,000? What do you think? Oh, no, you were on Wednesday night. You, you're, he was there on Wednesday night. We shared this information last Wednesday. Ah, oh, he knew the answer. I'm glad you remember, though. That means you were listening. Good job. Princess the Bear goes for $500,000. The collector. Isn't that crazy? So it leads me to ask the question to all of you. Specifically referring to Princess the Bear, how much does Princess cost? How much is it worth? Because if if, if you think if you talk to a manufacturer, they, they they'll say, Well, you know, Princess the Bear is worth 75 cents. Raw material, it's worth 75 cents. If you go to Amazon and you actually purchase it as a consumer, it if you ask that person, they'll say, oh, it's worth, you know, $17. If you ask a collector how much Princess the Bear costs, they'll tell you a half a million dollars. So tonight, talking to all, like referring to tonight, what is Princess Diane, or what is Princess the Bear worth? And the answer is whatever someone is willing to pay for it. So you're asking, what the heck does Beanie Babies have to do with Jesus? It leads me to ask the question to each one of us tonight, how much are we worth? How much are you worth? We, you know, we look ourselves in the mirror and we, and we look at ourselves and Sometimes we're just not impressed. <laughs> and we look and we, we know ourselves and we know what we've been through. We know what we are born into. We know what uh, our family's like. We know the, the, the dysfunction that we live in, but we still come to church and we dress nice and we smile and say things are going good. But when it comes down to it, how much are we worth? And, and the better question is how much do we feel that we're worth? So what I wanna talk on tonight and really focus in on, I'm gonna say this statement and then I'm gonna go from here. Statement from a, a speaker that I listened to. Heaven went bankrupt to get you back. Heaven had endless supply of everything. And it was was born, all of heaven was born into a woman named Mary and came out as a man named Jesus. And he was God himself. The very essence of heaven, the very essence of everything good ever created. And God sent his son into the earth to be born as a man and live a life that was perfect. He never made any mistakes. He goes innocent for the guilty to the cross, is, is, is hung and is beaten, and is beaten so bad that in Isaiah it says he's unrecognizable as a man. That means that if you or I would have seen him on the way to the cross, you would have said, what is that, not who is that? And Jesus, hanging on the cross, and he breathes he breathes his last breath, he says, it is Finished and he dies, but he doesn't die forever. He raises to life on the third day, and it says, conquering death. And he didn't do it just to impress anyone, he didn't do it to impress the devil. He did it to get each and every one of us back into a relationship. It's good news. (laughs) And so, how much are we worth? We are worth. And I'm not. I'm not endorsing uh, any gambling. But if you think about a poker player, and when they have the chips, right, and they and they have the they have the pocket aces, and they or they have the royal flush, or they have, they know they can't lose. What do they do? They go, they push the chips all in. You see, God the Father put all the chips on the table. He said, I'm putting everything down there to get those people back. How much are you worth? The world, your family will tell you you are worth how much you make. You're worth your occupation. You're worth your social status. You're worth your socioeconomic status. You're worth your educational status. These are the things that we use to define our worth. But God the Father has spoken. He said, it's finished. You're worth the blood of my son. You're worth my whole heart and everything. God says, everything that I am. I give to you and we've been taught in, in American Christianity that we are sinners and sinners and sinners and that we are sinners and because of our evil nature and, and all this, now, is there inherent sin? Yes, there's sin, but Jesus did not go to the cross because we're sinners, he went to the cross because we sinned. He went to the cross to remove our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He died and rose again so that we could have relationship and connection with the God of the universe, the God of love. He did not die so that we have to follow rules. He died so that we would come alive. Man. Are you guys awake? This is like good news. This is good news. This is called the gospel, that he died so that you could live, so that he died and he was beaten so we could be healed, and everything that we had ever need for life and godliness is available to us. So then there's this tension that we have because we hear this and, and, it, and it grips our heart and we say, yes, I don't feel valuable though. Like, you don't know what my life was like, Jake. You didn't know what it was like growing up with my family and parents. I didn't have a dad. I didn't didn't have a mom. My parents were divorced. I was beaten. I was abused as a kid. I feel like I'm worthless. Jesus came to redefine humanity. Up to the point of Jesus, humanity was defined by their ability to obey. Humanity was defined by their ability to follow the rules. And Jesus flipped the script on us and he said, We are defined by who we surrender to. We are defined by who we submit to. We are defined by who we follow. So the question is, okay, we're gonna, I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna change, we're gonna go. The tension that we have, you guys, okay? It's five twenty-seven. Wow, I got so much time. I feel like the Lord just froze the time for me right there. It's like twenty-three minutes left. Oh my gosh, I can't speak for that long. Abby's like, "Oh yeah, he can." <laughs> That's my wife. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Colossians 3. We're going to go back. This is our verse, right? It says, "Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God." See, Jesus, when you read through the Gospels, if you ever read Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John, you see Jesus spoke in these things called parables, right? Which were stories that represented deeper meanings of the kingdom of God. So he told stories that meant more. And the disciples asked him one time, why do you speak in parables? And he says, because I want you to search it out. You see, I don't wanna give everything, I wanna give, I wanna just give you a taste of my goodness. Because when you taste something and it, it's good to your, to your taste buds, it makes you wanna come back. So Jesus, it says our life is hidden with Christ, with God, and this is what the Lord started speaking to me about a year and a, a year ago. He said, Jake, the real you. The real you is not the one who struggles with anxiety. The real you isn't the one who who doubts yourself right after you get off stage when after done speaking, because that's what happens to me a lot. He said, the real you. Isn't the one who's sinning the real you? So he he started speaking to me about who I wasn't, and he started speaking to me who I was. But then he showed me this verse. He said, "The real you, Jake, is hidden." He said, "Come find him." Who plays hide and go seek with their kids? And this is the message the Lord wanted me to share tonight. We are not what our families brought us up as, good or bad. We are not what, how people have treated us. We are not the some collection of our mistakes or decisions. We are not our sin. We are not our sexual immorality, we are not our depression, we are not our anxiety, we are not our sin, we are not our brokenness, we are not our schizophrenia, we are not any of those things. He said the real you, the real you is not the one who's wrapped up in the world. The real you is not the one who can't stand looking at yourself in the mirror. The real you is not the one who's broken and who puts on a face and is two-faced one way in church, another way at home. The real you, that's not you because the real you is hidden with Christ in God but the tension and the reality of churches is, is that we come to church and we think that we'll find the real us in church but the re- but the truth of the matter is the real you can only be found when nobody's looking you see it's hidden with Christ and the only way to find who we truly are is to seek after Christ with our whole heart. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, If you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with your with all your heart. This is an invitation to all of us to start searching after Jesus with our whole heart. Not to search after rules, not to search after information, not to search after more knowledge. That may be a part of it is, but to search after the person of Jesus Christ because that is where the real you is found. That is where the you that is free from all those things, that is where you that comes alive, that knows their purpose, that is the you that is like a child that walks into a room and sees endless possibilities. That is the you that is waiting to solve our community's problems so that the government doesn't have to. That is the you that is to come alive and lead your families. It is the you that is to that is to lead the people at your work to see Jesus. You see, we are not the sum accumulation of the things that have happened to us. There is freedom in Christ. And the thing that I, I struggle with even when I come on, on and, I, and I talk to people from stage and I talk to the youth and young adults and I, and I preach is because this is such, like this message, like preaching from stage is valuable, but l- you guys, like if we don't do it every day, it's pointless. If we just come to church and listen to some 25-year-old young crazy dude talk, it's pointless. If we're not drawn into relationship and connection every day, it's pointless, if we're not searching after God with our whole heart, it's if we're trying to walk the line of sin, it's pointless. Because we were never meant to have one word, one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. We were meant to be all in, Amen. and Jesus is the only way. Connection and relationship, and I'm going to bring it back to the Beanie Baby. We may, you may be sitting here and thinking, okay, well, how do I do this? Like, I hear you and I hear that my life, the real me, is hidden with Christ, but how do I, like, how do I find that person? This is how you find that person. We go to the cross every single day. We think of Princess the Bear. And we think, how valuable is that bear? It's worth whatever someone is willing to pay for it. And we look at ourselves in the mirror instead of, instead of criticizing what we see, we look at ourselves and we say, we are worth everything. Like We are worth all of God's heart. We say in the mirror, we say, he loves me with this whole heart. And that all of my sin, all my brokenness was paid for on the cross and it's no longer I who live It's Christ who lives in me. And we say things like, God, I'm going to search after this with my whole heart because I'm sick and tired. This is called, this is called prayer. I'm sick and tired, God, of of, of struggling and, and striving. I'm sick and tired of being caught up in sin. I'm sick and tired of, of seeing family, my family just destroyed by the enemy, by depression and anxiety, God. So I'm going to search. I'm sick and tired of all this crap that's going on. So I am going to search after you, God. So show me. I'm going to search after you. So show me who you are. You see, the place of finding your true identity is the place of faith. Hebrews 11.6, That's not going to show up. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For you must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, faith is this, is that. You could, like, it's no surprise, God's invisible. If you, if you guys didn't know that. <laughs> God's invisible. And it says we live by faith and not by sight. He says everything that is eternal is invisible. Everything is, that's temporal of this world can be seen and touched. So faith is the place where we know that our true life is found in Christ, and even though we can't see it, even though we can't even feel it, even though there's no feelings associated with it, if you were there this morning, Pastor Duane talked about it, faith has nothing to do with feelings. It's it's realizing what Jesus paid for to get us back, and not losing sight of who he's calling us to become. It's saying the real me is found in Christ. And even though it's not happening right now, even though I'm not changing overnight, I will pursue him every single day. I will carve out time in my day to pursue Jesus because the real me is found in him. And unless I search for him with my whole heart, I will never find him. Guess what? You can find religion very easily. We can find the Christian language Christianese very easily. We can attend church services very easily. What's extremely difficult, what's rare to see is a group of people that seek him every day, that put put this thing aside, turn the TV off, wake up an extra half hour to an hour early in the morning and say, God, here I am. I don't feel you. I feel kind of crazy right now. But I know that you love me. And I know that if I seek after you, the real me will come out. The me, the person that you've called me to be, the person who's free, the person who's victorious, the person who doesn't have addictions, the person who doesn't struggle with anger, the person who doesn't struggle with self-image, the real me. Is this, is this okay? Is this hitting? better look at my notes. Here's why we need to do that. What a, not, not that in particular, but a type of searching after the Lord every day. You guys, Christian, I'm going to say this because I'm guilty of this. We have done such a poor job in Western civilization of relationship with God. Searching after the Lord is an everyday thing. Like, if I don't talk to my my wife, like, if I just decided to, like, not talk to my wife one day, like, that would be a bad day for me. Like, if I just decided, like, I'm just gonna take the week off from, like, talking to her and, like, seeing her, like, it'd be, like, (laughs) all the guys were like, yeah, that's not a good idea. Like even a day. You see, we get relationship human to human. It's it's difficult because God's invisible to get this relationship because he's unseen. But I think because it's unseen, we we're so attached to ma- the material world, we're so attached to, to feel, we're so attached to these things that, like, that like it's so hard for us to really value and enter into relationship. But the reality is, do you know that's why we fast? Like if, we, if you struggle with your relationship, go on a f- fast, like a food fast, like one day, and just say, I'm not eating because it changes, it moves your, your, your heart from a place of led by the flesh to instead led by the spirit. And God meets you in that place of faith and he becomes more real than you'll ever know before. And it's not a religious duty, it's an act of faith. We've gotten so attached to the material world, we've gotten so attached to books and devotionals and, 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 and church services and, and, and the encouraging the verse of the day on you version. And we, we've gotten so used to all these like, really easy methods of connecting with God that we've actually lost the heartbeat of relationship. because if I have to, if I have to follow a plan in order to have a relationship with my wife, that is going to be a terrible relationship. My relationship with my wife needs for me to set aside time to do specific things and not just to to follow a system, 10 easy steps to to have a better relationship with my wife. It requires me to know her. It requires me to spend time with her. It requires me to listen to her. And I think we we, we take God and we we put him in a box and we put him in a checklist type of, of, of order that we try to connect with him and we miss the heart of that. He just actually wants to show us who we are. Because the real us, I'll say it this way the world will always show us a false version of ourselves. The world will always show us a false version of ourselves. God is the only one who knows the real you. He's the only one. And it says, it says, I can't think of the verse right now. Daniel, if you think of it, let me know. (laughs) It says his spirit Is jealous for our spirit. His spirit is jealous for our spirit. Meaning that all his spirit, all the Holy Spirit wants is to be connected to you. It's all he wants, it's all he wants. To show you the real, because God wants you to be free so that you can glorify him every single day. You see, it's not about us being free. It's not about us just being the real us. It's about us living a life of freedom so that we can glorify God in every area of life so that with our families we glorify God, so that with our work we glorify God, so that with with our friends we glorify God, so that the whole world sees the transformation of our life and they say, what is wrong with you? Why are you so free? And you say, his name is Jesus. You see, the gospel is meant to transform every area of our lives so that the world can know the creator and the lover of their souls. But we'll never effectively do that if we're not free in searching and loving God when no one's looking. Matthew six says it this way. It says it says what's done is secret, in secret will be rewarded out in the open. It says when you pray. Don't pray so that everyone sees you. It says, pray in secret when no one's looking, and then in public, I will reward you. It says, when you're fasting, don't tell everyone you're fasting. It says, fast in secret, and then your Father who is in heaven, who has seen what is done in secret, will reward you. It says, when you give, don't give out in the open. It says, when you give, give in secret so that your left hand doesn't know what your right hand's doing, so that your Father in heaven, who's seen what you've done, will reward you in the open. You see, I think we have a lot of of people here who want to see change, and I see a lot of people in our culture that want to see things happen, but I'm waiting for us to step up and go into the secret place when no one's looking and be a people of such integrity that when the world, so that when we come into that place where we want breakthrough, we want something to happen, we don't have to fight for it. God, who's seen our prayers in the secret place, will then reward us. But I think we've switched it around. I think we've gotten the open place and we've come to church and we say, we want to see our city change. We want to see our schools change. We want to see families restored. We want to see all this stuff. And I think we've made it almost a spectacle on the outside without actually searching for it when no one's looking. And that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. Look at Matthew 6. Whatever's done in secret. You know why it's that way? Because God always receives the glory that way. So my encouragement is not for you to try harder this week. (laughs) My encouragement is for you to take time away from this and from TV and entertainment and for us to get alone when no one's looking and just to seek him. <laughs> and maybe you've never done that before and maybe it like scares you like, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm not a church person. I'm not like, I'm not a religious person. Like I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Listen, God sees the heart. He doesn't see the act. Like he sees your heart posture in doing it. And if we'll believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, then when we seek him, he will reward us. But it may not be the first time you go in. It may not be the first week. You could do that. We could do it every day for a week and not see any progress. It's kind of like me going to the gym. It's like, it's like I go to the week, I'm like, I want to lose 10 pounds. So like I go to the gym once a day for a week and I step on the scale and I'm like, oh, well, that doesn't work. No, see, it's consistency. So, worship team, you can come up if you guys are still in the room. Can you throw, Ab? Can you throw me my water? Um, we're going to go into a time of, of just seeking the Lord right now, just through worship. And so my, my encouragement during this time uh, for all of us is to get into a place where we kind of like lose sight of who's around us. If you came with your spouse, like, great. But let's start right now with seeking after the Lord. And what I believe is available for for all of us tonight is to enter into a place of identity and of of being loved by God that's a greater level than what we came in with. Because God loves each and every one of us so much. He loves us. He, He gave, remember, heaven went bankrupt for us. It gave everything so that we could be connected to God again. And the first thing God wants from us is he wants us to receive that truth, that you are valuable. You are priceless. There is no price tag on you because you are indeed priceless. So if you would just close your eyes and bow your heads for this time. I wanna offer an invitation to anyone who's, who's not right with God. Maybe you're here, and, and, and in all of this, you've, you've realized that you've never actually made a decision to follow Jesus. You've never made a decision to believe and to receive God's love that was poured out through Jesus. Maybe you're here in a, you're in a stage of life, and, and you're just, you just made a lot of mistakes. You've been doing it on your own and it's just not working and you came in just thinking, man, I, just, I need to reconnect with God. Tonight's your night. And God wants to meet you right here, right now. So if you've never made the decision to submit your life to Jesus or you once walked with God but you've been away for a while, your heart's even beating right now, your heart rate's going up just a little bit right now because you know that's you I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand on the count of three and I want to pray with you one two three amazing thank you you can put your hands down if you raise your hand with everyone's eyes closed if you raise your hand I just want you to open your eyes and just take a look at me With everyone's eyes closed besides those people, just take a look at me. God loves you with his whole heart. He's not holding anything against you. All he wants is just for you to receive his love. He wants to forget any mistake and he wants to redefine who you are. God's plan for you is so big and he loves you just the way you are and he wants to give you everything that you've ever desired. He wants to show you his love for you, the love that you maybe haven't felt from from the people in your life that, that should have loved you that way. He wants to lead you into the abundant life. He wants to lead you into a free life. He loves you. His forgiveness in Jesus' name. So I'm going to ask everyone just to repeat after me. And the reason we ask everyone to repeat because I believe there's power in community. There's power in declaring together with everyone who raised their hands. So say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin and for raising him to life that your spirit could live inside me. Holy Spirit, I invite you to lead me every day for the rest of my life. God, I choose to follow you in your word from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.